Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands. So you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most, when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to week number eight of the College Football Betting Breakdown Show, courtesy of Scores and Odds. I'm your host, for usual, Sean, PSU fans to Newsham. Joining me, as always, my wonderful co-host, Alex Fearmite, Turtle Harden. Alex, I know you are super pumped this week. You were priming me for the Iowa game to start off this show, which uh, I know you're super excited about, I'm sure. So how are you doing this week? I'm doing pretty well. I don't know how much of that Iowa game I will be actually watching. Um, but yeah, last week was a pretty good week. Uh, a lot of entertaining games, especially like the Tennessee Bama game. I think we were all over that with like the over and the Tennessee side. So that was a that was def- definitely a fun one. Not as many big games this week, but there are a few we'll definitely get into. So recap last week, I think we were both two and one. We lost the game that we shared. So maybe we should just uh, kind of stay away from the, the same games we like. But um, yeah, it's a pretty good week. Uh, what games did you have that you uh, won? Yeah, so I won uh, Iowa State plus 16 half versus Texas. It was a pretty sloppy game. It was a low-scoring game. Uh, I know you said you were watching that game, and you thought Iowa State got screwed over royally uh, towards the end of that. Then uh, Alabama, Tennessee, I liked the over 65 and a half, which I won. Uh, there was over 100 points scored in that game, so that was no sweat. That was definitely the best game of the year so far. That was a uh, that was a great game. Unfortunately, my Nittany Lions lost. They got destroyed by Michigan. It was not even a close game. So 
that was unfortunate. And then the game that we overlapped that you talked about was Utah minus three and a half versus USC. It looked like we were going to get a chance there at the end. It looked like they, they were going to go to overtime, but Utah decided to go for two to win the game outright. So that put us on a loss, but that puts me two and one for week seven and 12, eight and one overall. So I will take that. Hopefully can replicate that over the back half of the season. That'd be a pretty good result for me. So what two games were you on that we did not share for last week? Cause I know you had a couple winners as well. Yeah. Tennessee plus seven. The, that felt pretty good about that. Ended up getting the straight up win there. Then Oklahoma State getting four versus TCU um, won that by a point in double overtime. So uh, I feel like that was probably the right side getting points, but there was a lot of speculation leading up to the game that whether Spencer Sanders would play or not. Obviously, that probably would not have been a pretty good uh, good spot to be in if there was no Sanders. So um, definitely wouldn't have played that game near uh, game time, knowing the uncertainty there, but it was something we put in early in the week. So we kind of rode with it and turned out on the winning side there. So uh, nine and 12 on the year, clawing back to 500 after a slow start. So yeah. Maybe yeah. Hopefully you, ground again. Hopefully you can get there. Didn't, didn't lose any ground this week. We, we split it up. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely felt watching that game. You're on the right side. Like TCU really didn't have much of a reason to win that game and Sanders looked banged up, but yeah, what, what we talked about was like, we do this show early in the week stuff may change for the good or bad as the week goes on. That's just how betting works typically. Uh, but yeah, Friday, like you would never would have made that bet on Friday when there was starting to get some trickles uh, of news that maybe Spencer Sanders was injured and possibly could miss the game. So as the week went on, there was no way that you would have touched that the way that you did early in the week. But watching the game, I think you were on the right side. I think I, Oklahoma State was the better team. Uh, TCU was able to continue to throw the ball to Quentin Johnston and were able to pull out a victory. So got the job done for you. Uh, all right, heading into week number eight, we have probably a couple less games for you guys this week. There's really nothing in the midweek, so we didn't really want to talk about any of the, the week games. There are games on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday night, so make sure you guys are on the lookout for that, but we just didn't really want to talk about uh, them as they were just relatively weaker games. So first game of the slate, for some reason, Alex really wants to talk up Iowa against Ohio State. Um, I will let Alex start with this one because I'm going to be put to sleep by the time I'm done talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I only wanted this on the slate because it's pretty interesting that the spread's like 29. And this is like, we were talking about the Auburn Georgia game a few weeks ago, similar spread 29. I was all over the dog side, but different feeling here. Like this Iowa defense is good, but their offense is so putrid. Like, and ultimately, I think in college football, like elite offenses win out. Um, like Iowa can only hold them down for so long. Um, Iowa's first in SP plus now first in offense, fifth in defense. Um, Iowa's opponents, they played like Illinois, Michigan, Rutgers, Nevada, Iowa state. Like they haven't seen a dynamic offense yet. And I think that's somewhat playing into the, their defensive stats. Like you can only adjust for opponents so much. Um, like, like Rutgers managed to throw for 300 yards against Iowa. Um, like I just don't see how Ohio state doesn't stack some touchdowns on here. Um, also the interesting note, these teams, two teams haven't played each other since 2017. So it's been a while, but, um, they'll get reacquainted. And I think, uh, the Buckeyes are going to kind of lay the smack down here on them. Do you have any thoughts? You can just pass and we'll move on to the next exciting game though. Uh, I mean, my thoughts were what you just mentioned. They haven't played since 2017. That is a good indication of how terrible the divisions are for the big 10. Hopefully those are going to be fixed coming into the future years. Uh, it's very time for really not to matter as much also. So. Uh, that has been frustrating for me as a Penn State fan over the years where it literally is you have to beat Michigan and Ohio State or your season is over because you're not going to go to the Big Ten title game and therefore 
you don't have much of a chance in the playoffs. So, uh, well, the other side is just like Wisconsin against the coast against the terrible teams. In the hey, every year. I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm even in a worse situation with yeah. Maryland looking up at even more teams. So, yeah, exactly. But, uh, how is I don't know how I was going to score ten points. Like their team total is like ten in this game. I don't know how. They're how and how does Ohio State not score thirty five? I agree. I, I'm not going to touch it because Iowa defense is good, and like I definitely think. Oh, Ohio they're State, elite. They're elite. But yeah, they're great. But like, like you said, they haven't faced an actual good dynamic offense that can do things in multiple ways. And I think Ohio State's going to have no problem scoring. I just don't know if they'll be able to get five over four touchdowns against Iowa in this situation. So I'm going to pass on this. I don't want to watch this game, though, which is definitely something I will factor in when I'm looking at bets. Like if, if I like a bet, I'm going to bet no matter what. But if I don't like a bet and I'm sitting there trying to like decide on a bet that I really want just so I have some entertainment value, I'm not going to play a game that I have no interest in watching. And this definitely would factor into that. All right, next game, we have Syracuse going to Clemson. Clemson is minus... 13 and a half right now. We'll see what I'm assuming Alex has to say after I give my breakdown. But this is definitely a game of two quarterbacks that are completely changed from last year. Like we have uh, Garrett Trader for Syracuse. They are much better. He's a much better passer the football this year. Their offense has been much better. It's looked a lot better as a whole. Clemson, DJ Ugalele, he's looked a lot better. He's been a lot more productive moving the ball. He's actually looked like the quarterback we expected him to look like last year when he was an absolute dumpster fire. Their offense looks a lot better this year. So I think with both of these two teams being far improved, that's a good thing. I think Clemson is a much better team. I think that they are going to win this game. Uh, and I do like them to cover to some extent, but a 14 is a bit much. As you guys see, it's moved between 14 and a half, 13 and a half. So it has crossed a big number at 14. Um, I probably would lean Clemson here. I think that they are just a little bit more dynamic. The Syracuse offense literally relies on Sean Tucker and on Garrett Trader. There is not much else there. I guess there's a Ronnie Gadsden. That's probably not fair to him to, to sort of leave them out. So it's basically like a three-headed monster for Syracuse. It's basically Schrader, Tucker, and Gadsden, and that is it. And outside of that, there's nothing. Whereas Clemson has a bit more firepower to them, but I guess it's just more spread out in general. But I think Clemson's probably a little bit better. So we're going to click on the picks here at Scores and Odds. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, please make sure you smash the like and subscribe button. Also, guys, make sure you guys go to Scores and Odds. Uh, check out the different lines you can get on players. Also, you'll get a bunch of picks. As you see here, there's a pick that's already in. I'm guessing without knowing that it's probably Alex's pick. So he likely has something that maybe has moved before this show started. So we click on it. Nope. <laughs> Surprisingly, look at that. I was, I was surprised. But so you get some stuff here from John Schiller, also known as Varnkiss, and he put stuff in a bit earlier in the week. And as you see here, the line has moved. Um, he likes over 49 and a half, and we see the lines moved around 50 uh, and a half as of uh, right now. So definitely something to note for you guys as well. So Alex, what's your thoughts here on this one? Um, I really think the smart money is on Syracuse and the points here. And I like the Clemson side. So it's it's one of those like internal conflicts where I'm just going to be out on this game um, because I think the right play is Syracuse, even though I don't think they have much of a shot at all at a, a straight-up victory here. But the line should probably be closer to 10. It's just I don't have much faith in, in Syracuse being able to put up that many points here. So I, it's probably a stay away from me, but I, I – think Syracuse is probably the right side if you look at all the metrics and and the numbers and I just 
I think they're kind of begging people to bet on Clemson too with that 13 and a half number. That makes sense as well. All right, next game we're moving to, we're going to go to West Virginia traveling to Texas Tech. This game's kind of a dumpster fire as of right now. So for Texas Tech, Tyler Shook was the quarterback early in the season, got injured. Then it went to Donovan Smith, who was up and down. He had some good moments and some really bad moments at quarterback. Then they went to Baron Morton, who looked really, really good in their game a couple weeks ago. He got banged up a little bit in that game as well. Donovan Smith played receiver in that game. Then this week, it's reported that Shook is close to being available. Donovan Smith could be available, and Morton was banged up, but is also most likely available. So they could play upwards of three quarterbacks here. Typically, when a team is in that sort of a dumpster fire and they want to play multiple quarterbacks, that is concerning to me. Price or the 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 spread has moved to around seven. It opened at four. Uh, total sixty-seven and a half. So it's been a pretty dramatic move towards Texas Tech here. What's your thoughts on this one, Alex? I think West Virginia has been pretty poor against the pass and like the Kitley offense sets up pretty well to take advantage of West Virginia's weakness. So I definitely understand the line move. Like even with the question marks at quarterback, like the lines still move. I think seven's probably the appropriate number. So um, I don't see any value on any either side or total, um, but I would shade towards Texas tech at, at the seven number um, kind of a rough road spot for West Virginia, even though they have looked a little bit better uh, offensively. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much more on this game. Yeah. I want to see who would be starting at quarterback. If Donovan Smith is the starter quarterback, which it does not look like I would like West Virginia. I don't think he's very good. I think the Morton and Tyler Shook are a bit better, but Tyler Shook hasn't played in two months. So it's a situation where I'm a little bit concerned about that. So I would likely stay away from that game because of those different aspects, but it's definitely a game where it could be an interesting game. It could be up and down a bit. Uh, like you said, Texas Tech the offense uh, takes advantage of what West Virginia is not good at. So we'll definitely be interested to see how that game plays out. All right, next game, we have Ole Miss traveling to LSU. We see the low line opened up at Pickham, and we see LSU is now one-and-a-half point favorites. I like LSU here. That might surprise Alex, but I think LSU has sort of rebounded and changed a bit how their offense is going to run. I think Ole Miss has been super reliant on Quinshawn Judkins, Zach Evans, and, Zach, and and Jackson Dart running the ball. I'm a little bit concerned about what they will do from the pass game. Like Mingo had a huge game two weeks ago and then just non-existent last week. And it just is a situation where I think LSU is sort of figuring things out a little bit. And I think that they are likely to win this game. The fact that it is this low of a spread, the fact that it's moving towards LSU, I think that I like LSU in this game a bit, uh, despite not being thrilled with Jane Daniels at quarterback. So what's your thoughts here, Alex? Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. However, I am concerned that LSU won't be able to stop Ole Miss on the ground. Like the LSU rush defense has been the weak point of their of their team, allowing like 145 yards a game. Um Mississippi, they're third in rush yards per game, and they're 5.8 yards per carry, and they have the horses just kind of like rotate um, and just like keep running. So this game comes down to whether LSU can stop the run, in my opinion. I, I really not, I really don't know, but LSU has definitely put it together a bit offensively. I think Daniels is getting more comfortable in the system, building a better rapport with his receivers. So um, it definitely makes sense, and I'm surprised that not more of the bets according to this page are on the Ole Miss side. Cause it's a classic situation where you have a highly ranked team um, like as the road, like 
coming to a team that's underperformed. So you think the public will probably pound like Mississippi, like at a round pick them, but doesn't really seem to be the case. Um, interested in watching this game for sure. I, I don't like either side. I kind of want to see how it plays out. I tend to agree as well. All right, moving to the UCLA Oregon game. We see 70 and a half be the total. Uh, we see the line be about six. We have one of the Heisman frontrunners, one of Alex's favorite players in the nation, Bo Nix, uh, coming into this game for Oregon. Um, our good friend over at Roto-Grinders, Michael Bedard, is a big Bo Nix fanboy. He uh, is looking forward to this game. He told me he'll be watching this game with a lot of Oregon fans. So he's looking for Bo Nix to continue getting his one-year touchdowns that he's been very good at getting recently. Um, this game is an interesting one to me. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think both defenses are going to struggle to stop the opposition. And I think the both teams will play fast enough that will make this game appealing. So I don't really care for either side. I could definitely see UCLA winning this game outright. Um, but I think I like the over as of right now. Like, as you see here, the over is around 70. The total is around 70. I probably would lean towards the over. I just find it hard for either of these teams to really get stops in this game. So what's your thoughts on this one here, Alex? Yeah, definitely like a lot of points to be scored. Um, actually, I like the UCLA side getting six points. Cause I think it's definitely a game that's going to be close throughout the UCLA, definitely a live dog here. Um, they've looked pretty impressive offensively. It's definitely, it's kind of a similar matchup in the sense that we have like two elite offenses versus like decent to middling defenses. Both defenses stop the run better than they stop the pass. It kind of sets up like a Knicks versus DTR showdown type of thing, um, which is a pretty entertaining game environment. I'll decide what the points and what I think should be really close down to the wire. Um, definitely not betting the under here. Um, I was, I was hoping the number would be closer, like 65 to bet the over, but you're going to have to pay a kind of full freight with the 70 number. Um, so yeah, lean UCLA getting points. Pro teams have millions to spend and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Understandable. All right, next game, we have Boston College going to Wake Forest to play the Demon Deacons. Uh, you see this game's around 21. I will let Alex go first. What's your thoughts here on this one, Alex? I really don't have, like, any takes on this game, like, whatsoever. It's like a typical Wake Forest game where, like, you know they're just going to, like, they're going to score a bunch of long touchdowns. Like AT Perry probably is going to have two touchdowns here. They're going to be playing from ahead by two to three touchdowns all game. Really um, see Zay flowers with some answers on the other side, but I, whether they can cover the 21, I don't have any confidence in. And um, so eh, there's really not much here for me. This is a, a pass game. 
Yeah, I actually agree. Uh, I don't see much on either side of this game. I think that 21 is a, is a fair line. I think that Wake Forest is going to play from ahead. I think that they will be scoring some touchdowns. I also think that their defense is very – Yeah, you just don't know. Like, sometimes Wake Forest defense, like, totally no-shows. And, like, it's, like, the first quarter, and it's, like, 21 to 14. And you're, like, oh, they're just going to go back and forth all game. And then, like, yeah. sometimes it's just, like, they'll just, like, run a team to death. I, I don't know. It's it's tough for me to kind of spot which type of Wake game this is. Yeah, like, Zay Flowers could have, like – two to like 10 for one to 180 and two in this game and you'd be like yeah okay this makes sense or then like wake could just blow them out and they could just struggle because boston college tends to struggle in certain situations as well so like i see like in theory this game should be just a shootout where it just goes back and forth but then it also could just be a game where just like wake sort of just dominates and just sort of suffocates out the game they hand the ball to their three running backs and they run a really boring offense that just sort of eats the clock after they're up a couple touchdowns so for me, it's just I can see it playing out either way. I don't really see either side being a super um, efficient line, and I don't see the totals being super efficient either because I could see it going either way. But it's one where, like, I think that the totals at 62, it's either going to be at, like, 40 or 80. It's not going to be at, like, 62. It's going to be either way high or way low. Um, yeah. So I will also stay away from that one. All right, next one, we have Memphis traveling to Tulane to face the green wave. Uh, we've seen Michael Pratt be relatively solid recently. I will lean to lane in this game, but I liked it better when it was at six. I don't like it as much at seven, seven and a half. Uh, seven, seven and a half, I will probably be staying away. I just think it's a bit too much for them here. I want that key point uh, that we just aren't getting anymore. So for me, I will likely be passing on this game. What's your thoughts here, Alex? Um, I like Memphis in the points a little bit. Tulane's a ranked team, but there's no way they're a top 25 team in the country, and they're probably not even a top 50 team in the country. Um, it's funny, like sometimes we get these teams that from by circumstance, like should be ranked, but aren't. And then sometimes like the Tulane team, we get, they sneak into the top 25 when they really are not, have really no business being there. So kind of think that's a situation that we have here. And, um, Memphis is the better offense, but they do have the far worse defense. So that's kind of a dynamic at play here. Um, however, I think Memphis can definitely keep it close. I think it's a bit too many points. It should be closer to three and a half, four, in my opinion. So um, lean to or towards Memphis here. For sure. All right, next game we go to Texas traveling to Oklahoma State. Uh, as you guys see here, the lines moved tremendously. We've seen a four-point line shift here. Um, it's still under six. It's under seven. So I still like Texas. I think that Texas is a far better team. I was very concerned last week watching – Spencer Sanders. That was not the same Spencer Sanders that I saw two weeks ago um, in that game last week. He looked banged up. He looked like his shoulder was bothering him. His throwing motion didn't look as smooth. It looked like his arm was bothering him. It looked like his legs were bothering him as well. So it looked like to me, he's just really banged up. And Oklahoma State just gets obliterated in the air. And Xavier Worthy is someone that just can come out there and absolutely take the top off. And you have no choice but to let that happen because you cannot allow B. John Robinson to, to destroy you. So I really like Texas, even though we've seen a line moving. This was something I liked, obviously, when it was two and a half for Texas. Uh, I still like it. I think Texas could be could win this game by two, three touchdowns pretty easily. So Texas is going to be my pick here. We see a picks thing. Does this one end up being Alex here? It does not. So as you guys see here, John Schiller, uh, Barnkiss, if you guys are unaware, Barnkiss has been on an absolute heater. Last week it was 6-0. and oh. 
uh, plus 7.2 units in college football. So uh, John's been on a heater. I think he's like 16 and two over the last three weeks uh, or something in that range. So make sure you guys are checking out for John's picks as well. John actually is on the other side uh, as me here. He likes Oklahoma State money line, which I will say if you're going Oklahoma State, I would definitely like the money line because the money line is around plus 200, uh, which is much more favorable, I think, than taking the six and a half points here. So what's your thoughts on this one, Alex? Yeah, I think that's a pretty sharp bet in the sense that if like things break right for Oklahoma State and like Sanders feels better, maybe he practices more this week. Um, like that's a pretty good number to have and like a, a, a healthy San- Spencer Sanders. Um, I would bet Texas at minus two and a half. I'm not touching them at, at near a touchdown. So it's a complete stay away for me. Also, I'm totally over Oklahoma State's shenanigans with them not giving any injury updates and them being all dramatic about everything. Like I'm just over them. So I'll watch this game. I'll, I'll root for Texas to score some touchdowns to help out the DFS teams. But as far as betting, I'm out. There you go. All right, next game, we have Alabama against Mississippi State. So I'm going to say that last week, I the mer- person I was most impressed with was Bryce Young. They lost, but Bryce Young, I thought, was fantastic in this game. Also, Jameer Gibbs. To me, Jameer Gibbs is arguably the best running back in the country, and they are utilizing him better than how they did earlier in the season. He's just so explosive. He's very shifty. I just think he's a really talented running back. Obviously, like Bijan probably is the best running back in the nation, but uh, Jameer Gibbs is right up there with him. He spent a couple years at Georgia Tech, moved to Bama, where he has just come in and been really solid, in my opinion, um, as well. So you see Alabama at 21 points here. I probably am going to stay away. I think the Mississippi State is a good enough team to keep this within three touchdowns, but I think the Bama... I, I thought Bama played well last week offensively. I thought... Bryce Young made some just absolutely fantastic plays where he kept plays alive that he had no business keeping the play alive on and then making a key pass downfield. Uh, I thought he was absolutely fantastic last week. I was very, very impressed with him. Uh, obviously, Hendon Hooker had a great game for Tennessee, and Tennessee looked great as well. Jalen Hyatt averaged like 95 yards a catch and just was obliterating Alabama over and over again. Uh, but Bryce Young had a just fantastic game to me. So what's your thoughts here on this one? This is a classic bounce-back beatdown. Um, I'm all over the tide here. I think they come out and just obliterate Mississippi State um, by four touchdowns. Bit of a hot take because I do think Mississippi State's decent, but it's one of those situations where like this week of practice is going to be hell for those guys, and they're going to be ready to play on Saturday because they do not want to have another week of Saban coming off of a loss. So I think the receivers will magically run better routes, and obviously Bryce Young has been pretty elite, so I'm not worried about him. It's always – been the parts around him really so I, I just think it's a spot where Bama comes out hot and just plows Mississippi State so it's a bit more of a field play the numbers will definitely back up that Mississippi State and the points is probably a pretty good play uh, but I think it's just one of those field spots I think and you have to mix that in I think when you're handicapping college football so for me it's it's Bama roll tide yeah, man, their receivers are are very difficult right now. They are just really struggling to take the top off of defense. They're they just don't have the receiving uh, quality that they've had over recent years. Like they've just been absolutely stacked at receiver for like five years now, and then now is the year where it's just like you're looking at things and you're like, man, the cupboard is finally bare. And it's not like these guys are bad, but like you look and it's like Jacory Brooks, Kobe Prentice, Burton. Uh, Treshawn Holden. Treshawn Holden's actually receiving way less snaps than he was earlier in the season. They've sort of like removed him and playing Ja'Cory Brooks over him. But watching it, I'm just very unimpressed with Bama and how they've 
uh, the receivers look. I just think that it's literally like the offense is Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. And don't get me wrong, those two are absolutely fantastic and have played the part, but they have to get some production at receiver. They have to figure something out, whether it's Isaiah Bond. Bond has looked good in their couple games. Like, so Bond can be that guy that can maybe help a little bit more downfield and take some pops off. I don't think that's the type of receiver he is exactly, but they just need something to help them from a receiving standpoint. All right, last game we're going to talk about tonight is TCU and Kansas State. So I love Kansas State here. I think Kansas State wins this game outright. Um, I would be telling you to take the money line if this was a spot to take the money line. And I just think TCU is not near as good as that they are pretending to be. I think TCU's fine. But, like, watching their games, I'm just not impressed by how they're getting wins out of these games. Like, they are very reliant over the last couple weeks on Quinton Johnston doing big things. Max Dugan looked pretty terrible last week for a good chunk of the game, despite, obviously, the statistics being outrageous so far this year. But I just think we've seen Adrian Martinez be really, really good this year. We've seen Deuce Vaughn be the normal Deuce Vaughn that he is, and that's a productive elite level running back with great pass catching ability. And I just think that they're coming off a bye. TCU is coming off a very emotional win in overtime. I think Kansas State's going to win this game outright. So I will be taking the points for the purposes of the show. But if you're listening, I definitely like the money line better and would be taking that as well. So what is your thoughts here, Al? I tend to agree with you, but my favorite play in this game is the under. And I had it written down for yesterday at, at 59. It's really it's really shot down to 55 and a half, but I do still like it there. Um, I, I think there's this illusion that TCU's this high-powered, fast-paced offense when they're really they're really slow. They've just been landing a lot of big plays this year, which I think they'll have problems doing against Kansas State, who, in my opinion, they're a top 10 defense in the country. Um both teams are, I think TCU's like 93rd in the country and plays per minute of possession and Kansas State's like 105th or something. So like they're both very slow and deliberate offensively. And if they don't have big plays like this game, there's not going to be a lot of like drives and, and points to be had in my opinion. So definitely like the under here. Um, the only concern is if like Quentin Johnston lands a few big plays, Amart breaks off a few good runs. Obviously you're not looking at, at, as great there, but I do think under is the correct side. Uh, the correct total for for me, uh, kind of a slow, gross, snail pace game. And I think Kansas State will definitely be live to win. Yeah, so that's going to wrap it up for us this week on the bets. Alex, I will let you go first with your three favorite bets of the week. Okay, I'm taking some big favorites here. I'm going Ohio State minus 29. I'm going Alabama minus 21. And I'm going Kansas State TCU under 55 and a half. All right, and the three bets that I'm going to be choosing this week, LSU minus one and a half versus Ole Miss, Texas minus six and a half versus Oklahoma State, and Kansas State plus three and a half against TCU. May Alex continue his march back towards 500, and may I continue to sort of separate from Alex and move further away from him. Uh, If you guys are listening and watching the video, definitely make sure you guys smash the like and subscribe button. We appreciate it. May you guys have some monsters this weekend. We hope you guys get a good weekend out of it. I know people, I actually saw some parlays last week. The, the bets we took on the show, uh, there was a few parlays uh, in our discords that were using the games that we talked about and discussed. And unfortunately, the last part of the parlay 
was the Utah game. So yeah. I know quite a few people that had like a five game parlay that talked that utilized the stuff that we have on the show and they got to the last leg and then just missed it with Utah. But they had they also were betting stuff individually as well. So they ended up coming out with a nice profit week. But uh, that's going to wrap it up for us today. Good luck to you guys this weekend. For Alex, I'm Sean. Good luck. We'll see you guys next week. Roll Tide.